Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host, joined by my blue collar badass because we are like actually back together, which is pretty cool. So, Matt, how's it going, man? <laughs> it's going great. It's good to be back on the mics again, man. This week has been insane. So I, I kind of alluded to it on last week's solo show that I had this jam-packed week of all this cool stuff. And much like best laid plans, um, they never fucking work out. So I started off Monday having to leave the office with the stomach flu. I slept for, I'm not kidding you, like 28, 29 hours straight. Got up sometime Tuesday and felt like a million bucks. And, and now we've been running. But we had the uh, the grand opening for La Casa today. So we had a little little soiree, which is why I'm in my, my fancy pants. Um, but yeah, everything's good, man. How are you? Doing well, man. I think we'll get into a bunch of it here today and uh, just you know how things go phase uh well let's talk about this real quick is uh you're on phase two i'm on phase three and it just so happens we're about the, the same days it's on pretty each ironic other. right yeah it's funny like i don't really keep track like of it it's just on my phone so i'm like yeah what i just keep doing this until it tells me i'm done <laughs> that's what i do i use the app and i'm like i gotta remember my or remind myself once in a while to look at it but yeah so phase two and actually carrie uh my wife is on the same day, day 11 of 75 hard for the first time. So big, big shout out to Carrie. Cause she's kicking ass on this one. Awesome. Yeah. Well, especially after just having surgery, you know? Yeah, for sure. And phase <laughs> three is no joke. I, I haven't done it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm due for my, uh, my punishment of phase three in January, but you, uh, sound like you're kicking ass here. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing how few people I really talk to on a daily basis, uh, or that I realized that I talked to strangers on the daily, like I talked to a lot of people. I just talked to the same people right, all, all the time. And so talking to a stranger is a, uh, definitely a little unique thing and going out of my way. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed about it is I just say like hi to more people, like verbally, you know, not just a nod or a wave, but like, Hey, how's it going? You know, Hey, how are you? Right. Like just in general, um, which is kind of a unique thing. You're a little more happier. You know, you go to like, again, I'm going to the grocery store and getting shit. I don't really need uh, <laughs> to get through this. Right. Like you don't have to buy stuff, but you know, I just feel kind of obligated to whenever I go in. So you're kind of the weird dude, right? If you're hanging out at the grocery <laughs> store every day, not buying anything ever, it's not as bad as the guy hanging out at the playground, but it's, it's a close second. <laughs> Or yeah, the gas station or whatever, right? You go in and buy a drink or something. But uh, yeah, man, like it's, you see like people that are just m miserable in their lives, you know, like are not happy about stuff. And you're just like, hey, how's it going? Like being the guy that's just like cordial and joyful. And it, uh, and I don't really like doing this. You know, it's probably the hardest thing of all the 75 hard and live hard program tasks for me, right? Like, drinking used to be that one now it's like this um and what you get used to so it's it's great man like going to the the gym when i normally wouldn't to just talk to people going to the grocery store uh just making an excuse to go to places where people are at versus home office walk the dogs you know right. don't see anybody and uh and move on kind of thing yeah guys so for anyone who doesn't know we, we talk about 75 hard and the live hard program a ton but what Dylan's on now is, is phase three. It is the final phase of the live hard program. It is also the 
the most jam-packed full of stuff and uh, consequently the hardest. And one of the daily tasks is you have to have a conversation with a complete stranger every single day. And it, it has to be, I wouldn't say necessarily a meaningful conversation per se, but it can't be just a, a quick, hey, how's it going? Good, great, and, and done. You got to actually have a, you know, a, you got to converse with somebody that you've never met before. And it's, you know, as Dylan pointed out, it, it's not easy to do normally, but when you have to force yourself to do that for 30 days in a row, uh, like I, I haven't done it. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm cautiously looking forward to it. Honestly, man, it's a lot of like dumb little things, you know, like one of mine, we were at the grocery store, you know, picking out food or whatever. And like, I'm looking at the case, like, okay, what the heck do I want? Right. Like, and it's just, I say that out loud now to people around and they're like, yeah, you know, I'll, I tried this for dinner and, uh, heck man, it was pretty good. Like that was a good choice. Oh yeah. What'd you think of it? You know, like, and it's a little dumb con- Granted, like I, I bought dinner, <laughs> it's like <laughs> this little, you know, prepared chicken and bacon thing, but he's like, yeah, man, it was, it was so good. And, you know, I work over here in the produce section. So let me know how it goes. Right. And it's like, oh, I'm a local and live down the street here because we have a ton of tourists in our town. But again, like it's some little dumb thing that like I was just having this internal dialogue, like shit, one, how do I strike up a conversation Two, what do I say to do this? Hey, I'm just kind of looking for dinner here, man. Like, I don't know. There's so many choices and they answer, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's actually, I got to talk about my wife again. This isn't going to be a complete episode about Carrie, but she's always been really good at that. And I always used to make fun of her. Like we can't go anywhere without her striking up a conversation with people. And it's like to the point where it's like, fuck, we got to go, Carrie, let, let's, let's move on. But when you pull it back to like the, the, the grassroots of it, you might be the only person that's actually had a legitimate conversation with that guy or that woman all day or, or all week. Like who goes and talks to the produce guy other than saying, you know, I want a pound of this. And, and on a human level, like that's a pretty cool thing, man. If you can, you know, brighten somebody's day, even just a, a smidge by just asking how the hell they're doing and, and holding, you know, a one minute conversation or whatever, that, that could be the difference in uh, between a lot of different things for that person. Yeah. And some days are little, you know, it's helping people directions, right? Like some days are, uh, more, some days are less, but you know, again, that's, it's been the hardest thing for me, you know, like a random act of kindness and I'm trying to not just do like charities and stuff, but like, you know, people dropped a bunch of trash, like, okay, go pick it up. Right. Like, helping somebody with uh, a different thing, you know, tipping more generously than I normally would. Right. Like giving to charities. So not everything is money driven in this, but again, if it's eight o'clock at night and you haven't like done anything and again, every, like I live in a place where everyone's in their house by eight o'clock, like there's not really much opportunity. So it's like, okay, we're donating to a charity today. <laughs> <laughs> so Dylan's charitable contributions for the month of September just went through the roof. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's again, like, well, and to that point, when you're looking for these little things to do, like all the time, your awareness around like, okay, how can I help this person? How can I, you know, be a random act of kindness, right? Like, how can I talk to somebody? It's already like starting to come back in kind of short order right? Like it's uh, gaining new clients in software, right? That I haven't heard of in a while or heard from in a while. 
So like more and more people are joining the programs, you know, I'm gaining engineering clients and more people are coming to me for work. So like it all comes back in ways that I don't expect, but are like cool to, to see, you know, manifest themselves. That's, that's heavy universe-based shit, man. Give, 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 and you'll get, 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 right? Isn't that what Priscilla always says? The, the shit's yeah. true, you know? It, it's it, it's true. We'll leave it at that. And I think maybe after I'm done with phase three, we should do a, an entire show and kind of walk through the, the program, kind of soup to nuts from 75 hard and through the phases. But uh, either way, keep up the good work, man. Um, it's, a, it's quite an accomplishment to get that far. So I know you'll do the rest of it. Yeah. Well, and just on one other point. So like the post that you shared of, uh, my 75 hard pins and then, uh, you know, my aptly placed, uh, six hour, uh, you know, shout out was, uh, nice. Cause that's my like mat on my desk. I have my, uh, parts, uh, mat <laughs> from my keyboard. Uh, but the program, and again, we'll do a whole 75 hard live hard, uh, deal, but is having, yourself grounded in eating right, exercising. And, and this will get into the topic of today, which is faith versus fear, but is man, just, just going and doing that work first. Right. And then allowing everything to, to come back. And frankly, like, man, when I work out, when I eat right, when I, you know, I'm now trying to like seek out, uh, people to talk to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's, and then all the, the, you know, random act of kindness is it all comes back, but I'm like a much happier person, you know, even if things aren't, they, my days are long, like I'm tired, but I feel really good about what I'm doing. You know, am I wore out? Yeah. Is it worth it? Yes. It, it's like running a, a, a short, I got to head to preface of running a short race, not the stuff you do, but like running a 5k, right. Which is something I can accomplish on a given day. And then I, I hurt for a month after, but you know, you gotta, you want to empty the tank, right? You don't want to cross that finish line and something like a 5k and, and still have gas left that, you know, you could have, you could have burnt, you could have run faster. You could have sprinted a little bit longer. So it's figuring out day by day by doing these tasks and everything else you have to do to keep life moving to not leave anything in that tank so that, yeah, man, you hit, when I hit my pillow at, you know, nine 30, 10 o'clock, whenever I decide to crash, like I'm out, I am spent. I got nothing left. And frankly, it, it takes a, a few days at least now to get used to that again. But then it's a great feeling for me anyways. Like I know it, like I didn't, I didn't leave anything on the table. There's not another damn thing I could have done to push this whole train forward today. Let's get some rest now and, you know, start from zero again tomorrow. And the, well, and this leads right into the, the topic that I wanted to cover today is, you know, in faith versus fear is, so this originally came from, well, originally, originally Napoleon Hill, which I'm sure he got from somebody else. Um, it's in a book called Outwitting the Devil is pretty much what uh, that talks about. But Brunson, Russell Brunson made it uh, more popular last year. And it's this idea of, do you move forward with faith or do you move forward in fear? And the, the nuances of this are many, and I wanted to dive into a few of them. So the way that this manifests in, we talk about it in 75 hard, I'll, we'll leave that for the 75 hard episode, but the way that this manifests in your, in your business and construction in, uh, life in general is 
and this is going to sound really silly, but it's how a lot of people end up operating in their, their business. I'm scared of winning more projects. I'm afraid of winning more projects, right? As silly as that sounds, it's what a lot of firms are going through, especially the ones that you're full up with projects and you're afraid to even go after more. And so the, when you really start to peel back that layer, cause I'm, I'm going through this now in now that I'm deciding to go and do engineering work again is and not just software, but to, to go and pursue and help architects, help engineers, right. Be a production house of choice for people is do I go after everybody? Do I only go after certain segments of the market? Do I, where do I start and how hard do I go? And the, then it's like, okay, why do I have this fear around only going after a certain market segment? Why do I have a fear around going after more and more clients? Is it because that I don't think that I'm going to win or is it because I have a fear of fulfilling the project? Okay. I have a fear of fulfilling the project if I win it, right? Or I'm going to get too much work. I'm going to be too busy. I'm not going to have time. All these things that aren't here yet, that aren't real, they're just imagined, right? They're fake. And so it's like, okay, if I get all these projects, now what? Well, do I have the faith that I'll be able to find the people to hire them, to train them, right? And this is where a lot of you guys, and I've seen in firms screw up, they don't have any training pipeline. So they know that they can't train anybody. So they can't onboard anybody. So they can't make their people productive. So they can't, they're, they're afraid to hire because they know they can't train them. And so like, you just start going through the list of all these pieces that you check off, right? Can you hire? Are you, are you confident that you can hire people, right? Even Greenfield, not talking about the, I love using this example, the senior mechanical engineer with 10 years of experience that's willing to relocate, that doesn't have a family that is uh, in my price range that I am willing to pay them and uh, has all the necessary experience and qualifications, can use Revit and BIM and can talk to clients and is a great engineer and is willing to work 60 plus hours a week for me. And again, only at, you know, whatever, 125 grand a year, because I'm not willing to pay more than that and relocate and, you know, for five grand and we pay as relocation fees, right? Like, and I love hunting unicorns too, uh, <laughs> is the, the way that like, everybody approaches their people, right? Replace that with superintendent of 15 years of experience and can talk to clients and run crews and do uh, checklists and keep everything in budget and does daily reports the way that you want them, right? Like fucking good luck. Um, so can you hire, can you train, can you bring people up, right? Can you do all of these things to then fulfill work, right? As well as sell them. And, and this is where like everyone just freezes and if you get over this uh, piece of it, right, do you move forward in faith and know that it'll all work out or are you just afraid of everything? And those are the two kind of juxtapositions. And when you break down each piece of it, then you can start to solve for any individual issue. Like, I know I don't have a fulfillment problem. I know I can hire if I need to, right? I know I can find other firms if I need to, to, to help me with work. Right. I know I can go find, you know, people to do it. I know that I'm going to give the timelines necessary that if I had to work 20 hours a day, I could do it, you know, in weekends and whatever to fulfill on the project. Right. Like I'm not worried about a like, and you just go through, what are you willing to do? Who do you know? Where can you 
find people to do work, right? All of those things. And you just start going through that checklist to make yourself comfortable so that you do have the ability to then move forward in faith. Like it'll all work out. Right. And a lot of people don't have that context. And this could be for anything, right? I'm afraid of doing 75 hard because I don't know if I can not drink for 75 days. You know, like I'm afraid of doing two workouts. Like I'm afraid of being sore. I'm afraid of, you know, reading. It's, you know, the book's not going to bite you. You know, I might learn some stuff, right? Like I'm, you know, like when you start to say some of these things, it just is silly, right? Like I'm afraid of winning more projects. I think it's a pretty pervasive fear <clears throat> across a lot of industries though. And it, it's, it's foolish, right? Because you'll hear guys talk like, well, we're so busy, you know, we're, we're turning down projects. Are you really? Or are you, to your point, just too chicken shit to make the adjustments needed to pick up those projects? Um, you know, in our world, it depends on the size of the project, right? We can't be stupid. You can't, you can't overextend your, your capital, first of all. But the old argument, and I used to have this argument with myself, I still have it in my, in my head that, you know, well, we don't have enough people. We don't have the staffing. I don't have another project manager. I don't have a superintendent. And, and I can't just snap my fingers and, and find one. Well, the reality is if you're doing your job good enough, you can pretty much just do that. And, you know, it's not a, a magic trick, but, you know, we have people that want to come work for us. And so now it's become a thing like, all right, well, I like this guy. I like this guy. I like this girl. I like this girl. We could hire all these people, but now we don't have the work for them. So then, then you're on the other side of the, of the sword and you got to find that healthy balance to, to bring people in, to bring projects in and, and to, because it's the beast, right? The beast that lives in the basement of your company, it's, it's fucking hungry all the time. And you better feed that beast constantly or else the beast is going to eat you. And once that happens, you're done. Business is over. So you got to get past the fear mentality of turning down projects and not hiring people either, or, or both, because you, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. And, and there's a fine line, you know, you got to control your growth. You got to make sure you're not doing things stupid, but there's a way to do this. There's a way to grow in a, in a consistent pattern. Like you don't have to be, you know, this, this lightning bolt spike straight up, but you can grow consistently over time by making strategic hires and grabbing up projects that, that fulfill those, uh, those revenue goals and that, and that feed that beast. Right. Um, I mean, but it, it's, it's scary, right? When, when I hiring my first employee was the hardest thing I ever did. Terrifying because in my head, I'm having this, this fear-based conversation with myself constantly. Like, well, what if, what if you don't have enough work, Matt? What if, what if this project doesn't happen or this doesn't happen? Then you, then you got this person here and you're responsible for them and their family and blah. And yeah, that's the truth. But what if you don't, right? If you don't hire that person, they're, they're just as bad or worse than, than if you hire them, you don't have enough work. And if you hire that person, at least in my case, then it, it convinces me, all right, I'm going to work extra hard now to make sure that I'm putting food on that plate, make sure that I'm bringing in the projects because I'm, I'm not going to fail this person. I won't fail myself first. I won't fail my family, but now I got another family and I got another family. And, it, and that's how I think every night I go to bed. And this is kind of ridiculous at points, but I, I count how many mouths I feed. I count all of my, my employees, I count their families, their kids, whatever, significant others. 
and I have this number and I know what it is at any given day of how many mouths that in some form or fashion I am responsible for feeding. And, and that keeps me going. That keeps me on that faith mentality, right? So that when the next project comes in and I, I start to kind of shirk back in my chair, like, oh boy, we don't have enough people or we shouldn't do this. We're going to get too busy. The, the faith-based side of me, the boss voice comes in and says, well, fuck that. Take it. Let's figure out how to do it. Let's make it happen. And, and it's, it's the 75 hard mentality too, right? It's just, just do it. Just get your shit done and, and keep being better every single day. And the rest of this works out. It's really not, it's not rocket science, right? And I'm, I'm not saying there's not tough times. There are, and there's probably more to come probably sooner than we'd all like, but there's a way to, to fight your way through that and a way to do it so that you're not giving up what your goals are. You're not giving up your potential, right? We all have a potential here. And to, to sit back and, and be too damn scared to grab another project or hire another employee just because of that added risk, or even if it's just mental risk, that's foolish. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all that. And the, the other thing I was thinking about as you're going through that when it comes to projects is, you know, you put it on the fear side of that project going on hold is like, and that that's probably one of the unique things about construction in our industry is like projects do go on hold. Oh right? my God. Yes. <laughs> you know, like you could, you could win, you know, let's just say a dozen projects, <laughs> half of them could go on hold and they're, they're all going to go on hold for various reasons, for various timelines. One could be two weeks, one could be, you know, two years, right? Like you just, you never know. And it's out of your control, right? Financing could be screwed up. Permitting could be screwed up you know, something else could get hold up. Insurance could screw something up, right? Whatever job site gets shut down for whatever reason, right? Like you're a lot of things are out of your control in that way. So it's like, why not just go after all the projects and you know that they're not going to all execute simultaneously because that's just the nature of the construction world in that, like you can make things happen, right? Or you know, you might have to bust ass for two weeks to get a certain project to a certain point, And then you move on to the next one and you bust ass there for two weeks and like it, it smooths out, right? You're going to have a, in any given year, you're going to have probably two months of like just balls to the wall. And for a design, it's in the spring and fall in construction. It's in the summer, right? Like we have our two to three months of like heavy work that we need to get a project out, you know, in our case for bidding in your guys's case for like, Hey, we got to get it sealed up before winter or, Hey, we need to get this thing completed and meet our deadline for our certificate occupancy. Right. Like it, it, it varies on each side of it, but there's a good three months, two to three months of like, we got to get this done, you know, for milestones. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head it, and I've been real public about this. If you would ask me, and we probably talked about it in December, November, December of last year, how, the, how 2023 was going to look. I was all sunshines and rainbows and fucking unicorns, man. We were going to be this massive plateau. We were going to just ride this wave and be, be good, busy and, and productive. Well, shit happens and things get delayed. And that, that project that you mentioned, it's pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And we should have started in March. We didn't start it until July or August. So now our, quote unquote, busy months of the summer, we were kind of like, well, fuck, what are we doing? This, this is, this is hard. This is difficult. We don't have anything actively going, but all the time in my head, I know, like, I know what's in the hopper. I know what is coming. And 
instead of being a nice gentle wave, it's going to be a, a tidal wave, but sometimes that's how it goes. So now <laughs> I was out at my site yesterday of this particular job, our, our largest one right now. I spent about two hours with our superintendent out there and we're walking around and there's some, some challenges with permitting and, and approvals from the state level that we've been dealing with. And I'm like, holy shit, man, winter's coming. Like, what are we going to do? Are, are you going to be able to pull this off? Right now, we don't have foundations in. We got the whole thing graded. We got stone down. Um, I hope my client's not listening, but we had steel loaded on Monday. So we're ready. And I go, are, are you going to be able to pull this off? And he looked at me and he's just like, fucking watch me. Let's do it. And my point in bringing this up publicly is, is when you surround yourself with people that have that same mentality as you do, that's when this works. That's when I can go to sleep at night and I know the risk, like, believe me, I can show you the numbers and, and it scares most people. I know exactly what I'm up against, but I sleep really good at night because I know that my team is a bunch of kick-ass fucking assassins in this industry. And this is what we do. And, and that comforts me enough to now say to myself, like, no more fear. We're going to go let them handle this one. They got this. Now I can go and focus on the next one. Let's bring the next one in and get it, get it put in the hopper and, we may not know when it comes out the bottom, but it's coming out the bottom at some point. Well, that's just it. Do you have, you know, and, and I just like the, the faith versus fear part, but like, do you have the, the confidence, right. And use whatever word you want instead of faith, right. If that bothers you for whatever reason, but like moving forward in faith is that like, you don't necessarily, you know, but you don't know, right. You're moving forward like either way. And you just, in your mind, you know, it'll all work out, right? It doesn't look like that, but you know, it all, it'll all work out. It always works out, right? If you have that attitude in a lot of things, you know, shit usually just works out. But, and then on the other side of that, and I've said this a ton, right? And I use the Eeyore example, but like, if you're Eeyore, you know, and a miserable dude, shit does not work out for you because you don't think it's going to work out, right? You're just afraid of everything. Therefore fear pops up everywhere. But if you're a person that like moves forward in, in faith, right. And, and like, you're just confident that shit will work out. Like everything just works out. Right. Like, you know, works out the way it's supposed to. Right. Even if it doesn't always go the way that you hoped, sometimes it'll go better. Sometimes it won't, but like it works out. It's a, it's a rocky road to Dublin, man. But you know, you're going to get there if you keep pushing forward. And, and that's the key, right? Sometimes it's not going to go as smoothly as you thought it might, or as you wished it would, but as long as you keep grinding it out, you're still going to get to the end result that you need to, but you gotta, you gotta keep doing it. It's the second you stop and you quit, you throw up the white flag then you're done. Yeah. And again, I go back to, you know, go through each of these, right? Like go through, why are you afraid to sell more projects? And and this is the, I think, most apt example in uh, construction, right? Why are you afraid to go after more projects? Why are you afraid to propose on more stuff, right? Why are you afraid to talk to clients? And so you work through that. Well, I'm afraid because I, I can't hire. I can't train. I can't find people. Well, why can't you do that, right? And then go through that like, well, I'm a shitty person and no one likes to work for me. Well, clearly that's not true. <laughs> like you, you start to make these, you know, dumb, you know, comments that you probably have in your head, but it's like, you know, I'm a shitty person. No one likes to work for me. Well, has anyone worked for you before? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that's not true. You just start knocking off. Like, this is not true. This is not true. 
right? Like I can't hire anybody. Well, have you hired anybody before? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, you know, again, clearly not true. If you did it once, you can do it again. Right. Like I can't train anybody. Well, have you trained anybody before in anything? Right. Like if you trained some kids to play basketball or soccer or, you know, like, well, okay, we'll cross that one off. Right. Can I, uh, I don't have the capital and financing. Well, do you know somebody with capital and financing to do that? Well, no. Okay. Do you know where a bank is? Well, yeah. Okay. Can you walk in the door? Sure. You know, <laughs> you start just crossing off the list. That one says, no, there's three more in your little town. Like, you know, go and find one, talk to somebody, you know, like you can make it happen. It's, it's the funny games we play with ourselves, right? That usually is what runs this show. And it's, I mean, I do it now, like, and I enjoy it because now I've, I've in my, my own personal development journey, like I've reached a level where I'm like, I can call my own shit real fast. And, and I'll have that same conversation you just had, but I won't open my mouth. Right. And it's like, all right, no, no, no. You're going to go ahead and figure this out because you're better than this. There's, there's a way to handle this. Go figure it the hell out and get it done. Yeah. Someone's done it before, you know, like exactly. It's uh, it's one of those things. Like you look at it, you know, oh, I can't build like, so just for example, uh, ENR, uh, engineering news review, just, uh, release the top 100 MEP firms in the country. You know, you say you can't build a $10 million firm. The number 100 firm was doing $12 million as an MEP firm. Number 100. Number one firm in Jacobs was doing 2 billion in revenue in MEP, you know, not to mention their top line of whatever, 20 something billion, but like, Oh, you can't do it. There's a hundred firms that Why are doing not? eight figures a year. Yep. Why not? <laughs> like, you know, and scale it to whatever you want, but to say that you can't right? it's like, there's clear evidence that tons of people are doing this. So if they can, you can, right? They're no, they're not twice as smart. They're not twice as good looking. They're not twice as articulate. You know, you, if you have a license, you're just as good as the rest of them. Yeah. It's just asking those why nots to yourself and, and to your team when you get to that level. Yeah. So listed out, I mean, as stupid as some of these things are, and that, that's kind of the purpose of me saying these, right? Like I'm afraid to go after more. I'm afraid to win, right? Like says no one ever, but that is the, the thing that you end up actually saying, right? Like I'm afraid to go after projects. I'm afraid to hire people. I'm afraid to train people. I can't train them. You know, I can't get money. No one likes me. You know, are you married? Well, I hope someone likes you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, it's a constant struggle and, and I do it. I'm sure you do it. Everybody does it, but you got, you got to learn how to control it. So you can control the, the parameters of the conversation you're having with yourself. Yeah. I mean, this was the exact conversation, you know, not to like some of the silly degrees, but like the exact conversation that I have with myself, you know, about going after work. It's not hard. Just it's, ask the questions. Yeah. Simple, not easy, but nothing in life is easy. Nothing, nothing good in life is easy. And you gain so much clarity around it, right? Like now I can have this conversation with all of you because I went through it and it's like, Hey, this is what I came up with. It's really simple, right? Like, okay, so what they said, no. So what they sent you a cease and desist letter and you know, you move forward. It's not that hard. You're not still bleeding. <laughs> 
no one cut me. They sent me some stern words, you know, that's right. There, there's one way to stop us in this life. And, and if that <laughs> happens and it doesn't make a shit difference, what happens after that anyways? Right. Yeah. I mean, you just, you laugh about it, move on. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, guys, well, that's going to be this episode. A uh, couple last housekeeping items. Again, uh, we're up on YouTube, so you can uh, see us over there. If you like the YouTubes, uh, make sure to give us a subscribe. You can just find us at the Construction Corner Podcast over on YouTube. Uh, check us out. Leave us some comments, reviews. Love to hear from you guys. And that's really it. The other thing that Matt and I are going to do here moving forward is uh, do some solo episodes on Thursday. Uh, we'll still work that out on what we can do. So you might hear either two solos from us a week or uh, you know our interview formats and then this. Um, really just to get some more, uh, thoughts and ideas out there for you guys, a little more content. So if there's a given topic that you'd like either of us or both of us to cover, we'd be uh, more than happy to do that and post them on Thursday. Uh, any last words, Matt? Share the damn show. Have a good week, everybody. You heard the man. All right. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time.